I'm Amy, and like you, I live in a world filled with overrated things. I mean, running, Starbucks, skinny jeans, the concept of being passionate about literally everything. Passion is just such a tricky word, and I can't seem to get to terms with it. It's one of those words that everyone understands, but we also put different value into it. For me, passion is something really important. I don't have a passion, because for me, a passion is a hobby you've devoted your life to. Meaning you're probably a professional athlete or the president. But then, for others, passion can be their love for cake, or their love for their work. So, does passion really matter? To begin with, you sort of have to really decide what you mean by passion. And whichever way you talk about it, it is important. So that's the answer. <laughs> so the answer is yes, it is important. So this is Roger Brotherton, social professor at the University of Lincoln in the School of Psychology. The area of study that I work in most in, in psychology is called character strengths and virtues, which is the study of those good qualities of character that make life worth living. So they're, they're usually associated with psychological well-being. So I'm a, a clinical psychologist. I, I'm a, an applied psychologist. So I spend time uh, working in consultancy, in coaching, in therapy. But most of the time I'm here teaching our students on the counselling programme. You've probably already realised, but Roger, he knows a lot about psychology and a lot about how passion affects our lives. In psychology, there are three different ways of looking at passion as a concept. So one, one way of thinking about it would be to think about just the general level of energy that people have biologically. So some people are just more zestful, more energetic, more vital. And actually that's a sign of really, really good, both psychological and physical health if people are like that. So they're, they're not manic, but they're full of energy. <laughs> if someone jumps, you call them out. Ah. Then oh my god. Big fan. I honestly like don't really know how to describe it, but it's just like you think about it, you're like, damn. I love this. I, I love doing this. Roger talked about those passionate people who has a burst of energy. And I, I could not think of anyone else than Amy. My name is um, Napat Weepulakorn. Um, I usually go by Amy and I just turned 19. I'm studying environmental science. Um, yeah, I play sports. <laughs> so that's Amy. She's very calm now, sitting in her boyfriend's bedroom. But normally, whenever I see her, which is usually in the sports centre, she's full of life and energy. I'm an optimistic person. You know, I'm studying environmental science, and it means that I, I mean, I have a bit of hope in changing the world. Um, and I'd say that comes from sports. You know, sports has always been kind of an escape for me. Um, and, you know, it was kind of, it was always the highlight of my day. So ever since, I think it's just the time that I just decide to spend on sports like every day. I just started like falling in love with it, falling in love with like, you know, the adrenaline, the, comp the sense of competition, like, you know, just like teamwork in general, just playing with other people. I love this sport, regardless of what it has like helped me do. Like, I just love it. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> 
another way that passion has been used as to been to sort of refer to it as a sense of persistence. We're back with Roger, the social professor at University of Lincoln. He's in the middle of explaining the second concept of passion. In other words, passion isn't just a burst of energy that we have in a moment. It's a consistent way of exerting energy in a particular direction. And then the third way of talking about it, which is probably my favorite way, is when we think about our enthusiasm for a particular track in life. So if you're thinking about um, basketball really means a lot to me or media means a lot to me or music is my thing or being an academic, those kind of passions are sometimes talked about an ongoing sense of vocation and motivation. And interestingly, talking about all passion in all those three ways has different links to well-being psychologically. I'm still confused. Passion can be anything from basketball to media to music. <laughs> okay, let me just... Okay, can you tell me about your passion? So I've taken the trip to a classroom filled with creative writing students. Okay, it makes sense in my simple little mind that these people who are making up stories must be filled with passion. Like all those 19th century writers, <clears throat> Edgar Allan Poe, because... With me, poetry has not been a purpose, but a passion. Anyway, back to the 21st century and my mission. What are people really passionate about? I'm passionate about everyone finding their own fashion aesthetic and being true to that and like just wearing what you want to wear. Mixed martial arts out of everything. I would probably say music. Um, it's a very big part of my day-to-day -day life. I'm always listening to music, finding new music. Uh, my passion is to make sure I stay by the sea. I'm really passionate about the topic of cannibalism and the reason for this is I think it's really fascinating to explore um, those cultural taboos that it's because some people will like die rather than eat an, a human body to decide if there's a total like disaster. Uh, my passion is that Batman has been ruined due to Ben Affleck being casted as him. Okay, quick stop quick catch-up. The dualistic model of passion is a theory, and Roger has explained this to me. It means that passion is a thing we really care about, but it can be divided into two directions. So we can have harmonious passions, which is when we take a, a passion that we have and we integrate it into our lives in a really good way. We pursue it out of our own intrinsic motivations. We, we match it alongside all the other things in life that we have to do. If you have a harmonious passion, a passion that's well integrated into who you are, it's freely chosen, uh, you, you, you don't feel compelled to do it by outside pressures, then generally speaking, people who have harmonious passions um, have a very strong sense of well-being in life, that they're contributing to the world, it leads to good relationships, uh, it, it, it leads to a sense of engagement and flow in life. Whereas the other way that passion can sometimes go, and this is when it's less good, is that it goes in, the, in an obsessive direction, which means all our status and self-esteem hinges on it, and it's more about the external status that, that the passion gives to us and it, um, it, we, we will tend to neglect other things. So it will, we'll get rid of relationships or we won't sleep or we won't eat properly. So that's okay. But the creative writing students had all sorts of passions. Isn't there a type of standard? 
Is the passion for football and cheesecake equally good? From the passion model, you're only passionate about something if you give plenty of time and effort into developing it. So someone who loves football, trains in football, goes to matches, owns a season ticket. Say, so yeah, that's that's reaching that's reaching the stage of passion, I would guess. Whereas with cheesecake, it just depends. You know, I guess there's levels of passion around cheesecake. Some people just like the taste of it. That would be me. Other people really get into what are the recipes and how do they work and how can I make it myself? So if you're heading down that line, you're heading towards a passion. If you just like the taste of it, you just like the taste of it. It probably wouldn't qualify as a passion. Oh, that was very easy to break into. <laughs> oh, this is so easy. I yeah, thought so, I'd like jump. So for our, our wheelchair guests, um, we have a ramp that goes across. So yeah, so it's absolutely safe for them to come on board. A passion is something you give plenty of time to, Roger said. And I know the exact guy who does just that. So I'm David Rogers, I am 40 um, and I live in Truro. And I run Wet Wheel Southwest, um, which is a boat that um, specialises in taking out wheelchair users onto the sea. A lot of people, myself included, would think passion should benefit ourselves. But David, he goes to his full-time job at a boarding school. And in his free time, when he's not working or at home with his family, he drives to Falmouth Harbour. Like, I've always had such a love of going out on the sea. And so like people with disabilities, like, as in physical ones, like, as in wheelchair users, in Cornwall they've just never been on the water. There's no, there's no way of them going on the water, really. Especially, you know, when we take them out to see dolphins and seals, and that's just, you know, completely beyond them, what, you know, what they sort of expect to be able to do. So, yeah, for me, it's just like offering those people that, that opportunity that, that I love to do. David is sharing his love for the sea with people who might never would have got the chance. What brings to mind would be, would be a girl called Jade, really nice girl. And she was telling me about how like, she, um, she used to do like volunteering and like, jazz up in Mexico and all that and travelled all around there. Before her disability got worse because she, got, she gets strokes in her left hand side. So she was in a wheelchair when she came on board. And uh, yeah, she's just, she was really quiet when she started off, like, really, really quiet. By the time we got out of the harbour, I was like, oh, Jade, come have a go at driving. And she drove like literally for an hour or so, just driving the boat, absolutely just having the time of her life. Started telling me about all these things that she was doing, just you know, coming more and more out of herself and you know, laughing and joking. It was brilliant. At the end of the trip, her dad, like, anyway, we said goodbye at the top there, and uh, her dad like, came walk, walk back to me and uh, Pat and was like, I oh, just want you guys to know that's the most she's smiled in about three years. Thank you very much. That's, that's really nice of you to say that. And he's like, No, you don't understand. She's terminally ill and she's not got very long to live, so we'll never see a smile like that ever again. I think all the crew on board that day were just like, Oh my God, like, that's the power of like what we're doing. There's just so many people out there with great passions, such as David, such as Amy, such as the creative writing students. Passions that makes them happy. And sometimes sad. Sad because it means a lot to them. Maybe it makes them furious, but furious because they care. Don't I care enough? Am I not passionate about anything? Luckily, I don't have to look far because the social professor at University of Lincoln, Roger, is back with us. It does pose the question of how you know when you found your passion, doesn't it? Sort of how, how do you know, it, what is my passion? And the way I would answer that question, if I were thinking about it now, is I'd ask yourself the question, when are you at your best? So when do you feel really engaged you really feel like you're bringing your best to the table. You feel like somehow this, whatever this thing is that you're doing really feels essentially like me. And 
on some level it feels effortless so even though you might be exerting a lot of energy to do it it feels like somehow i'm just sort of naturally designed to do this whatever it is that i'm doing and i think if you get that feeling that it's that it's sort of effortless it gives you energy it feels essential to who you are then i think that's the moment where you know you're landing on somewhere close to your passion I've never felt like I had a passion. Yeah, sure. I like playing volleyball and I like playing football. I enjoy watching Formula One. I enjoy baking and hiking and water skiing. But they just feel like hobbies. And they always felt like hobbies. But this, what I'm doing right now, feels effortless. And I'm engaged. I also feel like I'm just naturally good at it for some reason. I enjoy bringing stories out there to you. So maybe I am one of those annoying people that's overly passionate about their work. I hate to admit it, but maybe this is my passion. And you know, that's totally fine. Thank you for listening to The Passion Project by me, Amy Anderson. If you're curious and want to know what I'm up to next, you can find me on social media at amyanderson underscore.